Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 218 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. The summer nectar flow has begun. It's now a mad rush to get honey into supers. But if all you have is new frames with foundation, it will limit the amount your bees can store. Stay tuned to hear why. Beekeeping short and sweet. A beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www simonthebeekeeper.co.uk Hi everyone, welcome back to another weekly dose of beekeeping stuff from me and my bees. I hope you're all having a good start to the summer nectar flow. Our bees are very busy on the blackberries at the moment. It's really obvious when they're working the brambles, light grey pollen being brought back to the hives on almost every bee. And if you look in the supers, you'll see a mid-straw-coloured nectar being processed into a slightly darker, fruity honey. I think it's my favourite honey of all. More of that shortly. First, I wanted to ask you all to head out into your gardens at midnight tonight and perform a naked rain dance. The effects will be twofold. I might get some much-needed rain here in East Anglia, and of course it will give your neighbours something to talk about. It has become very dry here in the east of England, particularly noticeable in the fields of borage, where the plants are not growing as tall as they were last year, and this will no doubt have a knock-on effect on nectar production. I always get a quizzical look from non-beekeepers when I say I'd like it to rain non-stop for a couple of days. They think the bees need it hot and sunny all the time to perform their nectar and pollen gathering duties, but once I explain that the plants require water in order to grow and produce an abundance of nectar, the penny kind of drops for them. And it's not just the borage. All of the wild plants, flowers and trees need a huge amount of water to deliver nectar as an enticement for all of the pollinating insects, not just our bees, tempting them to visit flowers to assist with the pollination process on their plant rather than go elsewhere. I know some parts of the UK have had a good amount of rain and would like some sunshine that we're currently enjoying. Typically, that perfect mix of weather conditions that farmers and gardeners are always craving, but uh, currently it's eluding us right now, and the fortnightly forecast doesn't have any amount of significant rain in it heading our way, certainly not over that period. We will have to wait and see. Fingers crossed that your rain dancing will do me some good. It's a nervy time for me now. We've been preparing all spring for this month of July, and now it's here. We just need a little more help from the weather gods to make it a perfect season. And of course, I have a lot riding on it. We have just four to six weeks now where the real success of my season will be determined. And it is a kind of squeaky bum time. And the reason for that is that I can now do nothing about it. It's completely out of my hands. Well, 
almost. There are some things I can do to help, and that's the main topic of today's podcast, adding supers to our colonies with either foundation or drawn comb. There's a huge difference in what you'll get depending on what you give your bees. Let me begin at, well, the beginning. Starting out with a nuke of bees in the spring, us beekeepers move them on into a full-size hive, give them some food, and the bees draw out the sheets of foundation and fill them with brood and food. Once that's done, we add a queen excluder and one or maybe two supers above the queen excluder, and then we're patiently waiting for the boxes to be filled with honey. But we can't really help the bees draw comb in the supers by giving them sugar syrup, or we'll undoubtedly contaminate our honey with that very same sugar syrup. The bees won't wait until they've drawn out foundation sheets into fully extended cells before they fill them with honey. They'll do a little bit of cell building and immediately use that space to store food. For instance, the syrup that you're feeding them. So we can't help them out with extra food to draw out super foundation. It's all up to the bees and the nectar that they gather. In order for our bees to store lots and lots of honey, they need to have somewhere to put it, and they will put it wherever they can. In some instances, this can cause the brood box to become totally overwhelmed with nectar as the colony runs out of space. Ultimately, it can also lead to swarming, particularly in the spring. The challenge then for us beekeepers is making sure we give our bees enough room to store that nectar and convert it into honey so that the queen continues to have plenty of room in the brood box for brood production and the workers have enough room above it in the supers to store honey. If you're a new beekeeper it's likely that all you have are shiny new supers, bright clean frames and golden sheets of foundation, not a whiff of drawn comb anywhere. It feels kind of depressing sometimes but don't worry the bees know exactly what they're doing. What you have to realise is that the amount of honey you'll get back from the bees will be less if you're asking them to draw out wax foundation when compared to giving them fully drawn frames of wax comb. This is why beekeepers covet frames of drawn comb so much and why we try to take as much care of drawn comb as we possibly can. Honeybees are wax making machines experts at taking organic compounds and converting them into beeswax flakes that they manipulate into those remarkable cell-like structures found within a beehive. All we do is give them a base to work with, that's the foundation sheet, and they do the rest most of the time. Here I pause and go back to my mantra of telling you that the bees will only do as you want if they have enough resources. That's bees and raw materials, nectar and pollen in this case. There are a crazy number of organic compounds in beeswax. Celia Davies suggests as many as 300 different ones in her book, The Honeybee Around and About. I'll post a link to it in the podcast notes for you. She also has another book called The Honeybee Inside Out, and the two books together make a great resource, which I recommend. Anyway, back to wax. Given plenty of resources and some decent daytime and overnight temperatures, Our honeybees can produce wax at a very fast rate, sometimes drawing many number of frames in a ridiculously short time frame. 
A bee farmer friend of mine, Kevin Thorne in Suffolk, recently posted a reply to someone in my Facebook group, Stuart's Beekeeping Basics, explaining that a colony of his had drawn several boxes of foundation out into drawn comb in just a few days. So, given the right conditions, our bees can work yet more miracles. But it does come at a cost. Without drawn comb, worker bees that could otherwise be foraging or processing nectar into honey are diverted away from that job and onto wax production. Honeybees have wax glands hidden from us beneath their abdomen, Sometimes you will see the light, almost white-coloured wax flakes hanging beneath the bee's body, perfectly normal and abundant when they're in wax production mode. If you pop your varroa board in beneath the open mesh floor and leave it there for a few days, when you take it out, as well as the usual pollen, wax cappings, general debris and other insects, you'll be able to see quite a lot of wax flakes. Brilliant, miraculous insects our honeybees may be, but they're not particularly good as slip fielders or wide receivers for anyone who likes cricket or American football. They do seem to drop almost as much as they hold on to. So, having added boxes of full frames of foundation, it will reduce your honey crop a little, but you will be rewarded with frames of freshly drawn comb, a light creamy colour for the most part, although I do have some colonies that seem to produce a bright yellow wax. Whatever the colour of the wax produced, it will be filled very quickly when there is a nectar flow on, and when freshly capped with almost white wax cappings, it will fill your heart with joy. Now this needs protecting at all costs, and it's why a lot of beekeepers hate spring honey produced by oilseed rape, granulated honey resulting in combs being cut out and fresh wax having to be put back into the frames and the bees having to start all over again. Unlike brood frames, you can reuse super frames that have just been filled with honey over and over again. As long as it hasn't had brood or pollen left in it, it's good to reuse for many years. Personally, I like to rotate comb in the supers on a fairly regular basis. And besides, we get a lot of oilseed rape honey, so I'm kind of forced into the whole renewal process anyway. If you get a chance to fill boxes with summer honey, once extracted, the best course of action is to get the empty boxes back onto the hive that they were taken from. And if left above the crime board, the bees will normally clean out the boxes and take any residual honey back down into the brood box. At this point, I can almost hear beekeepers around the country saying, no, they don't. It's true. The bees, once again, haven't read our books. And rather than clean the frames out and take all of the honey back down, what they'll do instead is clean out a lot of the frames and start storing it again in or around the frames closest to that area above the holes in the crime board. So if you have a fairly traditional crime board on your national type hive, you might well have two holes where those little escapes called porter bee escapes would normally fit. If you orientate the crime board so that the holes are directly below the centre frames running front to back or side to side, depending on whether you're using the warm way or cold way, forgetting that for a second though, so if you keep the holes so that they're covered with as few frames as possible, the bees will start to refill the areas closest to the porter bee escape holes, thus using just one or two frames instead of four or five. These then can be removed and replaced with a couple of frames with foundation, 
once removed for storage over winter. Nothing left in the frames for any annoying bugs or rodents to eat through and kept safe for use again next spring. It's been another busy week moving bees. We had another two trips moving the bees to the borage and as I said earlier we could really do with some rain now to push the nectar flow along a little but we'll just sit tight and wait to see how things pan out. Production colonies are at full strength. I'm really pleased with the colonies that we split earlier in the year. They've made up numbers again really well and are about to burst with bees which should give us our foraging force for the coming month. Interestingly, and just thinking back to the foundation versus drawn comb issue, several of our colonies had supers with foundation earlier in the week and not a single bee in those supers. These were added at the last minute when we were moving bees a week ago and to be honest they were all we had to hand at the time. Now they're settled at their temporary apiary sites, I've switched out a large number of these supers with drawn comb. It just makes sense that where we have the availability of drawn comb, we use it rather than waiting for the flow to start and then watching bees scrabble around trying to produce wax and build comb. It's a smart move that should hopefully result in more honey being stored. In other news, we've been experimenting with the pollen traps over the past week or so and those with mixed results. Several of the colonies have produced trays full of pollen, maybe as much as a kilo per hive, whereas others have hardly dropped any pollen into the traps at all. I need to find some time to investigate this some more. Either they're somehow getting around the trap, maybe it's not fitted correctly, or they just don't have the desire or need to collect lots of pollen. It could well be that they're already well stocked with pollen and are focusing on nectar, or maybe genetically, they're not that fussed about foraging for excess pollen at this time of the year. Something I have discovered is that there's a small black beetle that seems drawn to the pollen in the trays, hundreds of them in fact. When I tip the pollen out of the trays into the paper sack that I'm using to initially collect the pollen, they all climb up towards the light and fly away. Well, most of them do. It does leave a large number of them clinging to the top of the paper sack and I have to brush them off before we drive away, otherwise the truck cab fills with flying black beetles. I'm going to add pollen traps to a number of other colonies once we get them set up and see if we can collect some more whilst the summer flow is in full swing. It will be interesting to see what total quantity we end up with this year. Finally, I can report that stopping overnight and camping out is as much fun as I suspected, which is not much fun at all really. Although we did arrive late and had to leave early, it would have been better probably to have slept in the truck. I really need to find a way to inflate my camping mattress a bit quicker, although in the race of using the foot pump to inflate mattresses, I was the victor over the competition. That's Steph of course. We did look quite comical stamping our feet on the inbuilt foot pump of our individual mattresses. I'm also told that noise travels quite a distance at night. I think Steph was referring to the snoring noise coming from my tent and being heard in her tent a few metres away. I didn't have the heart to tell her that the snoring from her tent was just as loud. And on that bombshell, I'd better leave it for the week. 
For more of my latest videos and podcasts with more updates, tips and techniques, do check out my Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. You'll get all the very latest and you won't have to wait a month until you hear the podcast. Finally, remember, I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping, short and sweet. Beekeeping, short and sweet.